0: Hi, this is Natalie and Whitney, Duke Plastic Surgery residents on the Resident Review, the Duke Plastic Surgery podcast. Today, we're continuing our Quick Hits series designed to review high yield topics for our yearly in-service examination. Today, we will be discussing lip and cheek reconstruction. First, we can start with cheek reconstruction. Um, and a little bit of anatomy. So the blood supply to the cheek is uh, from the in branches of the external carotid artery, uh, namely the facial and superficial temporal artery. Um, there are also some uh, zones, including zone, uh, when we talk about cheek defects. So first, there's zone one, which is suborbital. Zone two is pre-auricular. And so th- zone three is buccomandibular. So zone one, um, we have a couple of options when we talk about reconstruction of defects in this area. First, there's p- primary closure, and this is for smaller lesions, especially in older patients, if you if there is particular laxity within the skin folds. There's also skin grafts, full thickness from the preauricular, postauricular, and supraclavicular regions, though this is not typically first line. Uh, local flaps include rhomboid, VY bilobed uh, mustard or medial cheek rotation, and cervical facial flaps uh, for uh, defects greater than four centimeters. The cervical facial flap is most commonly used for larger defects, just given the good color match um, and, and size availability. Uh, finally, other options we have are tissue expansion, free flaps, and uh, even the use of a temporal flap, depending on the rotation and defect. For zone two, um, a few of our options, again, marching up the ladder would be primary closure first. Skin laxity in this area often allows for primary closure. And remember zone two is the preauricular zone. Local flaps uh, are also possible. You can kind of use a facelift incision to advance skin over the defect as needed. Then we have some regional flaps, like the anterior-based cervical fascial flap supplied, supplied by the facial artery, cervical pectoral flap, which is, again, for larger defects that also cover skin from the anterior chest and include blood supply from the anterior thoracic perforators off the IMA. We have submental flaps, which are based on the submental branch of the facial artery, and then the anatomy of the submental artery Uh, It runs between the horizontal ramus of the mandible and the submandibular gland, courses down and ends close to the mandibular synthesis. When you're designing the flap, you can take platysma only, just uh, be careful here to preserve cutaneous perforators, or you can take a combination of anterior digastric, mylohyoid, bilateral anterior digastric, and and even cutaneous skin petals. All the way up to the contralateral earlobe. Um, you also may take the contralateral submandibular gland. <laughs> Other options also here include the tissue expansion, the free flaps, and the temporalis flaps. Finally, we have zone three, and here we need to consider the intraoral lining and soft tissue coverage in that respect. So in order to get that muc- mucosal lining, some options here, hemi-tongue. Flaps based on that axial lingual artery. Um, you can use the buccal fat pad. Uh, there's also the uh, FAM, F A M M flap, or the facial artery myomucosal flap. You can also skin graft the back of any flap that you use. And then you can also use two skin paddles from any free flap that you design to reconstruct this area. At the bottom of the ladder, again, primary closure. You can, you can use this in some cases, but it's generally less successful given the lack of skin laxity here. Some local flaps, you have rotation, advancement, transposition, rhomboid flaps, VUI flaps, and biload flaps here as well. Some regional flaps include inferior, inferiorly based advancement flaps or submental flaps, and even pedicled pectoralis muscle flaps, or even trapezius if you need that uh, muscular coverage. Uh, free flaps are usually fasciocutaneous, and you can use an R FFF, radial forearm free flap and ALT, a periscapular or even a lateral arm. So you have a, a ton of options here. And then just a note on the mustard or mustard flap for superior cheek uh, or inferior eyelids. It's kind of like a 10-cell flap, which is used for eyelid reconstruction, but the incision is extended to the pre-auricular skin. And then this is really medial cheek rotation. So you can reach toward um, that zone three buccal mandibular uh, space of defects.
1: Thanks, Natalie. These are cheek defects are oftentimes tested on our in-service exam by just showing us a picture of a very large cheek defect um, with very little wording to describe such defect. So in general, it's a pretty good guess as to what you're supposed to be doing. But I would say nine times out of 10, the answer they're looking for is a cervical fascial flap. So for like, uh, I was like, so if you don't know the answer and it's a big cheek <laughs> defect, I'd say go with the cervical fascial gland. So for moving on to lip reconstruction. So again, we're just going to go over a little bit of anatomy of the lip. Um, so there are some lip aesthetic units that we need to be aware of when we're talking about lip reconstruction. That is the oral sphincter, or kind of the role from the orbicularis ori. The commissures are kind of the uh, points where the upper and lower lips come together. Uh, the filtral columns, Cupid's bow and the vermilion. So the modiolus, just so you know, it's sometimes brought up in the questions, is the attachment site lateral to the commissures for the multiple muscles that control facial expression or facial movement of the mouth? The sensory innervation to the lips uh, for the upper lip is the infraorbital nerve or V2 trigeminal nerve, and the lower lip is the mental nerve or V3. The blood supply to the lip is uh, the superior and inferiorly based labial arteries, Um, Which are branches off of the facial artery. So reconstruction of the lip is based on the defect, like any reconstruction, really. Um, So if you have a defect that is vermilion only, so it's really just like lip skin only. Um, There are a couple different reconstructive options that you have. If you have a small vermilion only defect, you can do a small VUI advancement using interoral tissue. So you basically take like kind of like inner lip tissue and make it the outer lip. Um, For medium vermilion only uh, defects, you can use a lip switch. So you take essentially vermilion from whichever lip is not injured and you base it off the supply of the upper or lower lip, kind of whatever is not injured. And you uh, divide that blood supply at a later date. For uh, larger vermilion-only defects, you can use uh, buccal mucosal advancement from the wet buccal mucosa uh, to replace a dry, um, deficient vermilion. These tissue generally works, but it can um, become kind of dried out and cracked. Um, So that's something that patients do complain about. Next, moving on to full thickness lip reconstruction. We can think about this both in upper lip and lower lip reconstruction, although generally the Thought process is pretty similar. So, we'll first start by talking about the upper lip. So, in general, we think of the lip um, defects in terms of thirds. So, if you have one third of the upper lip missing or up to a third of the upper lip missing, in general, this can be closed primarily without significant tension or significant uh, aesthetic defect. However, if the vermilion is completely intact and you are just missing, like upper lip skin, so essentially this is, I'm just getting confused by this, but like the skin between your nose and your vermilion of your upper lip, you can use a nasolabial flap to close that skin defect without actually touching the vermilion. Secondly, if you have a central defect, so you have a defect that's less than a third of the total lip, but it's centrally based you can use a peri crescentic advancement flap. Uh, so this flap makes relaxing cuts around the ala and lateral nose in order to advance the skin of the lateral lips medially. If you have about a third to a two-thirds uh, defect or missing portion of your lip, in general, we think about it in terms of whether or not the commissures are involved or not involved. So if there is no commissure involvement, there are two flaps that you have available to you. One is the abe flap. So you take lower lip tissue as a pedicle flap and then divide that at about three weeks um, or I care pansec flap, which is a single stage procedure creating rotational circumoral flaps that are based on the bilateral labial arteries. And this can, the downside of this is that it can lead to microstomia if the defect is quite large. If the commissures are involved, you then use an ester, esterlander flap, which uh, takes tissue from the lower lip at the commissure and alters the uh, modiolus. If greater than two thirds of the lip is missing, so basically, essentially your entire lip, if you have enough cheek tissue, you can do a Bernard Burrow, um, which is basically another rotational flap kind of similar to a carapansic flap, however, you are taking more tissue from your cheeks in order to rotate them centrally um, in order to reconstruct the lips. In general, um, this isn't a great procedure because you end up having oral sphincter incompetence and these reconstruction is completely insensate. Um, The Webster modification to the Bernard Burrow is uh, a modification that allows for preservation of innervation um, and generally has better outcomes because of that preservation. If you don't have enough cheek tissue to rotate medially, total lip reconstruction will be can be accomplished by a free flap. So, you there are two kind of different types of reconstructions that are often performed. One is a radial farm free flap with a palmaris longus sling. Um, this is generally a static reconstruction, so is not as preferable. Uh, the alternative would be to perform a functional gracilis flap with split-thickness skin graft. Um, This allows for maintenance of movement of the lip and is a superior aesthetic result. The lower lip in general kind of follows the same principle guidelines as the upper lip. Uh, So in general, if you have a defect that is less than one third of the total lip, uh, you can close that primarily for um, defects that are about a third to two thirds of the lip. You can use a carapanzic or an abbe flap if the commissure is not involved or an esterlander flap if the commissure is involved. For defects that are greater than two-thirds of the entire lower lip, a Bernard Burrow is available if there is sufficient tissue, cheek tissue available. And if not, then you go to a free flap. In general, none of these flaps for lip reconstruction are particularly good looking in the early post-operative phases, mainly because patients oftentimes have microstomia. However, the tissue does stretch over time. So in general, they do look better over time. And with that, um, that is our quick run through of lip and cheek reconstruction. And we hope that you will join us as we get closer and closer to the in-service exam this year.